Much of what we know about demons comes from various apocryphal and non-canonical books that are closely associated with each major faith. In religions such as Judaism, many demons are found to be scattered throughout Kabbalistic texts, some being more prominent than others. On the other hand, a lot of demons have gained popularity through literature, none the least being Peter Binsfield's classification of demons, or Colin de Plancy's Dictionnaire Infernal, both of which give attributes, appearances and behaviours to demons that might have otherwise been unknown to us. In a sense, authors from the Middle Ages onwards would come to breathe life into these creatures, and since then, we've never really stopped doing it. Whilst the form and nature of a demon can change depending on the author, the demon Astaroth appears to undergo significant changes, those that would make him, or her, seem like a completely different character before and after a certain period. Of course, little is known about the origin of this elusive demon. It's understood that the name might have been derived from the Phoenician goddess Astarte, sometime in the second millennium before the Common Era. Astarte, originally a Mesopotamian goddess, was known for her association with fertility, sexuality and war, and thus was a highly respected deity for the Mesopotamians, if not the main deity. It also might have been the equivalent of the Akkadian name Ishtar, the Mesopotamian goddess of love and sex or the Akkadian equivalent of Astarte. Ishtar was also thought to have some connection with storms, something that may have come to help shape the role of Astaroth and his potential involvement in military affairs and strategy. There is also an association between Astaroth and the Sumerian goddess Inanna, again another goddess worshipped in the early era, and possibly just another iteration of Astarte. Like the others, she too was recognised for her association with love, sex, fertility and war. We see Astaroth referred to as a female in the Tanakh, a collection of Hebraic scriptures which detail Astaroth as being worshipped through statues that were built of her, much less a demon but instead a goddess to a certain early people. But the nature of Astaroth, goddess or not, is never detailed here. Instead, we must look to later literature such as the Book of Abramelin, a story of an Egyptian mage named Abraham, who passed his knowledge of magic and demonology onto another man. Thought to originally be a Jewish book, the book gained some popularity in the early 19th century after being translated and was repurposed in some capacity for the usage in Thelema, the religion created by one Alistair Crowley. It is in this book that Astaroth is portrayed as a brand new entity, no longer a divine character but instead something more akin to a leader in hell, an entity that had some control and influence over the legions of hell. In later Kabbalistic writings, Astaroth would be considered to be something along the lines of an archdemon, a being thought to be the very antithesis of an archangel. There's also an idea that Astaroth may have once been an angel and went by the angelic name Astaroth, though this is only thought of because of the similarities of the names. 
Astaroth is mentioned in the Testament of Solomon as being the angel who can subdue the fifth spirit of the 36 spirits, but there is no mention of this being the same Astaroth who is known for being a demon. Another idea is that Astaroth of the Testament of Solomon is actually the angelic counterpart to Astaroth the demon, and he who compels him. On the topic of Solomon, it's interesting to note Astaroth is again mentioned in the Lesser Key of Solomon, but this time as a duke in Hell. The Lesser Key of Solomon is an anonymous grimoire on demonology, as well as being something of a spellbook, which also happens to have some interesting insights on Astaroth, amongst the claims that he is a hellish duke. We are told in this text that he appears in the form of a vengeful angel, possibly even a dark angel of a sort, or the aforementioned archdemon. We are also told that he rides upon an infernal beast, something akin to a dragon or a serpent, and that in his right hand he wields a viper. This depiction is also echoed in Colin de Plancy's Dictionnaire Infernal, where there is an illustration of Astaroth as a naked man riding upon a dragon-like beast. He is also seen here with feathered wings, perhaps another indication that he may have once been an angel. There's also an understanding that to allow Astaroth to approach you is to suffer some terrible affliction, for his very breath is so toxic that it can cause the victim physical anguish. We are also told that Astaroth has the ability to tell prophecies, and can divulge truths about the past, present and future. A very similar description of the demon exists by 16th century Dutch demonologist Johan Weyer in his book Pseudomonarchia Daemonum, who also cites that an ambiguous magical ring must be worn by he who conjures Astaroth for protection, for his breath was so odious it could otherwise be fatal. Some demonology accounts, mainly from the 16th century, decided that August was the month in which Astaroth was thought to run rampant, and that his powers were more potent during this time. A French inquisitor of the 16th century, by the name Sebastian Michaelis, also wrote a version of his own classification of demons, where he includes Astaroth as being a demon more akin to sloth. He suggests that it is through laziness that Astaroth is able to corrupt someone, and that he's also keen to feed his victims with self-doubt, preventing them from even starting their own goals and projects. Another idea exists that the Saint Bartholomew can be called upon to protect against Astaroth and the temptations that he puts in the way of man. Other ideas from 16th century writings indicates that Astaroth also has the power to educate man in the way of mathematics and science, though this might have been a later invention to show the ambition of man, and that there were those who would turn to demons in order to excel in the stagnant times of the Middle Ages. Other ideas suggest that Astaroth could turn men invisible for a price, and that in this state they were encouraged to fulfil all of their darkest desires, thus completing his corruption of them. There are also some writings of Astaroth serving as a guide to lost souls, though not to lead them to salvation, but instead to dark hidden treasures that would only alienate them more and more. 
Amongst these gifts, he was also thought to teach man how to manipulate serpents into doing their bidding, something that is also insinuated through his depiction in Dictionnaire Infernal, where he is seen holding a serpent. Much of these accounts come from the Kabbalistic texts. Some of them are archaic spellbooks that detail various rituals and practices that can be conducted in order to commune with spirits. There is some debate as to the importance of Astaroth through demonology. There are those who refer to him as the Great Duke of Hell, but there are some arguments that suggest that Astaroth is merely a crude addition to the demonic roster. His shady origins do not help his case either, those that go back to the Babylonian days, where as aforementioned, he was thought to have evolved from the goddess Astarte. Other ideas here suggest that this was done to undermine the existing belief of the goddess at the time, and to reframe her as a wolf in sheep's clothing. Here, Astaroth becomes a deceiver, he who took the form of Astarte in order to get people to worship him and not the goddess. After all, the ancient Sumerians and the Babylonians all recognised Astarte, or the prior Inanna and Ishtar, as the goddess of love, sex, fertility, war and luxury some elements which might have been regarded as taboos by the early modern religions. The goddess herself would not have been congruent with their own beliefs of the one true god, and so it's entirely possible that powerful Astarte was rebranded as the deceitful Astaroth, surely not one who should be worshipped, but instead shunned and vilified. In some religious beliefs, Astaroth forms the wicked trinity containing himself, Beelzebub and Lucifer. But where the latter two are far more prominent, Astaroth is often seen as more of an afterthought, if at all, and certainly is not attributed with the same devastating power. This might be why he is thought to appease man's ambition and desire to learn, where he seeks to part wisdom with them instead. In other beliefs, Astaroth is considered to be an advisor of both demonic and human affairs, but that he leans more to human affairs, perhaps on the account that he can corrupt them. Furthermore, there are claims that Astaroth refuses to lend his assistance if he is summoned as a demon, and instead only responds to the calls made to his goddess identity in Astarte, leading to the idea that Astaroth does not believe himself to be evil or that he prefers being worshipped as a goddess than a demon. Astaroth is definitely an interesting demon to stumble across in demonology, and whilst largely only a footnote, he does represent some complex ideas, such as man's relationship with mathematics and science, and his desire to learn more, regardless of the cost. He is also one of the only demons to have potentially identified as a goddess, or sees himself as a divine being, despite not actually being one. Conversely, he might very well be an imposter after all, a mere creation by early modern religions to defame the goddess Astarte and establish their own god as the Most High. But regardless, because of these many speculations, the truth around Astaroth's identity will always be a mystery to us. Whether he was a demon, an angel turned demon, or a goddess who was dethroned, he is perhaps one of the more complex demonic figures, and one who invokes much curiosity as one of the evil trinity.